Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And on this episode, uh, we considered talking about LVO and the big tournaments and all the topical stuff, uh, but instead, we, we thought we'd talk about our own hobby interests uh, and kind of follow where the inspiration took us, and that led to a... Well, a whole episode topic that will have some follow-up episodes over the next couple of weeks. We wanted to take this episode to kind of talk about that feeling when you you see a review or a preview or a cartoon or listen to a book or a content creator watch a YouTube video on a particular faction or model or game and it just grabs you and pulls you along. Uh, John, I assume you might vaguely be familiar with this concept? Yeah, some might say that I've been following that for years. <laughs> yeah, chase of the serotonin. Totally normal, I'm sure. Um, but I think most hobbyists have felt that m multiple, multiple times. Uh, and there's kind of this weird crossroads when you feel it. Um, you know, do you lean into whatever that pull is, or do you try to resist it to stay on whatever you were doing before. And that could be a difficult decision. So we thought we'd take a whole episode to talk about it. And uh, uh, we have a feeling we're going to be talking about it for the next month as well. <laughs> and it's going to tie directly into our hobby time and games played. All right, John, hobby time. Uh, what you been doing over there, bud? So, made some more progress on the Beast of Chaos. Um, mm -hmm. Not a ton. Gonna be super honest. Uh, it's mostly building everything I've I've been making. Mm -hmm. Did a little bit of painting, um, and then I fell down the rabbit hole of Gene Sealer Cult more. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Start working on all that. Got you a whole the lot. call of the Star Gods. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to. As it's gotten colder, I've been running into more problems with my printer. And so I've had to start diagnosing things about how it works and everything else. It's still functional. Like I'm still printing what I need. But it's a lot of work to to get used to the ebb and flow of that workflow. And also learning how to slice things correctly <laughs> in the mm -hmm. slicer. And it can be time consuming. And it takes... It's very satisfying. But that's where a lot of my hobby's been. It's been like preparing files, printing files, cleaning the stuff, building it, looking at it and going, or like, what do I need to change? Doing some research on like how to change stuff. Um, but as I'm dying it in and getting better at it, it's starting to go faster. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I'm just, I'm ordering resin once a week as I print stuff, not just for like 40 K and, and age of Sigmar, but also just random stuff. I want to print like mm -hmm. battle tech minis and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think much like the episode topic, like, you got grabbed. You got got good by them crazy, yeah. crazy Mad Max Star God cultists. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, didn't take much. Um, dirt bikes and goat carts. Meets um, uh, Innsmouth. Yeah. 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 Like, what if... <laughs> what if creepy Lovecraftian cults meet Mad Max and give them sawed-off shotguns? 
what if yeah uh it's yeah. great it got you uh they're very cool the rules just make my head explode yeah that's the other reason i like them though is uh i want to say like a whole bunch of words at you when we play a game in the future and you just go i'm gonna need you to, to explain it to me like i'm five <laughs> i'm gonna need <laughs> you to give me the abbreviated version what happens to me like tell me what dies all right just what what's the outcome uh well like the best way i can describe genes their cult is that they're like a rube goldberg machine that i am constantly trying to move the parts out and let you blow up certain parts of my machine and then replace them with other parts and go ha ha <laughs> yeah and i imagine the games that they win are when they swap out the right parts but in the games they lose they the critical piece dies or, like, the games they lose is because somebody, cough, cough, custodies, walks in with a hammer and just smashes the whole thing to pieces and goes, stop, you're being too loud. As I'm saying, <laughs> they're moving the little levers and shit like, eh, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, have, how much painting have you been doing versus, like, printing? Uh, I would say it's probably about 70% printing, 30% painting. Mm-hmm. But... I have still done some painting, and I think that's the important bit. <laughs> <laughs> I would give you partial credit. Yes. You still get credit. Yeah, it's a, it's a time. You're going to have to buckle down on that painting front. Yeah, I have February. Let's go. <laughs> that That's what I keep telling myself also. <sighs> yeah, over here on my front, it has been uh, the opposite. I also fell down a rabbit hole. Uh, but I fell down a hyper-elite rabbit hole of golden-armored boys. This here Custodes book is just so interesting to me. It's so simple. Like, the, it, it is like the perfect foil to Gene Stealer cults, which are like a giant horde with mega-complicated rules. Big brain. Uh, yeah, and huge brain. And then Custodes are like this hyper-hyper-elite force. Uh, like, the second-most elite force in the game. With simple, straightforward rules and uh, not a whole lot of, like, crazy brain power or, like, mental load to play them. Like, it's all macro strategy rather than microbe strategy and memorization. And it's just, it's so, so different. And I really, really got hooked by that concept. Uh, and I ended up, like, I've talked about it before, but I already ha accidentally had, like... A shocking number of custodies. I bought yeah, one oops, box of guards. <laughs> yeah, I bought yeah. Oops, custodies. Uh, I bought one box of guard for kill team like four years ago, and then someone else gave me a second box because they were just clearing out their hobby stuff and knew I had some custodies, so they gave me those for free. And then, oh no, that's a lot of points. Whoops. So I decided I would just kind of uh, push them along and see what happens with this new book coming out. I was like, yeah, you know, I've been trying to get a paint scheme I liked for Custodes. So maybe I'll just like figure out a paint scheme and I'll come back and, uh, you know, work on Custodes later. And then I painted a thousand points within two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's how that be. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Custodes. <laughs> I, I, I designed a paint scheme and painted almost 1K in two weeks. I fell down the rabbit hole hard. And that's while jo HammerCon 2022 is looming over me. Like that like moon from Zelda. Just staring down. And I'm not painting the AOS 
more custodies. Uh, yeah, it's been a time. It's been a time. Just, they're such detailed models that it does take a little bit of time to pick out the points on them, but there's so few of them that you, you get that tone-in hit for finishing a unit so quickly. Staggeringly quickly. And I think it only feels more poignant because, uh, as I've talked about in the previous Hoppy Progresses, recently I painted up roughly 500 points of orcs for a crusade campaign. And for that 500 points, I had to paint 27 models. 27. For me to hit 1k with custodies is 12. 12 models. Uh, and it's just jarring. Big difference, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's jarring. I almost got whiplash when I, when I realized how many I had painted and how many points I had sitting in front of me. Uh, there was also some printing. Uh, I printed a Forge World Dreadnought for Custodes, and I printed myself a, a Blade Champion because I am not paying scalper prices. Um, yeah, and there's not really a reason to buy Shadow Throne. There is no reason to buy Shadow Throne, uh, especially if you're a Custodes player. Uh, especially if you're a Jesus Occult player. There's not a whole lot in that book like that you just don't, don't accidentally get from buying like the start collecting kits or like the brood coven like it's just it's not a good value box yeah yeah it doesn't work for anybody so i just went ahead and printed myself up my own blade champion and printed myself the one of the forge world dreadnoughts so i can round out the list and uh it's coming along swimmingly i'm looking at the last two pieces on my paint table now i need to put the red on them and hit them with some washes and they will be good to go custodies 1k in the book in no time and if I didn't hit a family emergency, I probably would have painted 1K within a week. It was that fast. So it's... I've just been wrapped up and looking forward. I'm kind of at a loss on what to do next, but don't worry. We'll be talking about that and the actual topic portion of the episode. Right, John. So we both got grabbed by you know hobby interests. We heard yeah. the we heard the siren song of inspiration, uh, and we're following it. But if we're going to spend a whole episode talking about the topic, we should probably try to narrow in on what we mean by you know hobby interest. Like, how do you come across an interest? And we could give our own uh, sort of experiences, but also some stuff that just like generally will sometimes grab people. So like for you, uh, what does a hobby, like how do you know you've been hooked by hobby interest? So like for me, uh, I, I absorb a lot of content about these different games. Uh, like I'll, I'll like mm -hmm. watch videos while I'm cooking or working on a project or whatever. Listen to podcasts on the way to work or on the way home. So... I, I I get to kind of absorb what's going on with these factions, and when I get hooked is when I hear something that makes me go, "Huh, that sounds very fun," or "Ah, I really like that as a, like a perspective," mm -hmm. and then I dig into it. Right, like I start reading articles, I f I follow the rabbit hole down until I make a decision of, "Oh no, I could actually like get these models, paint them, play them, and have this force." as part of my roster of stuff I pull out to play with people. Um, because like I've reached the point with the hobby where I like to have 
lots of different options for playing games with people because as the additions change, I don't like having one force that might be too good and play against someone's force who is not so good. I like having multiple things I can play. Also, mm-hmm. I can't stick to one force because I'm a crazy person. Yeah, yeah, you have to hop. Yeah, I'm a hoppy person. I I, I hop between everything. I, I even do that with video games, right? Like I, I will follow a video game for like two months and then I'll hop to a new one or an old yeah. one sometimes. Uh, yes. I feel like that's the same with me with this hobby is I just pop wherever my interest is. Another one is that I will normally like, depending on the books I'm reading or the movies I'm watching, like I've been watching a bunch of cult movies and TV shows. I wonder why I like jeans in their cult so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll get you. Um, similarly, I also get pulled around by uh, sort of like, I hate to use the word content. It sounds so sterile. But like videos and lore and stuff. Um, at my job, there's a significant portion of time where I can listen to stuff while I'm still working. Uh, so I listen to like lore in the background or uh, sort of like faction overviews, stuff like that. And if something particularly tickles me, it's dangerous. Um, like there are some lores I listen to and I will just... I think for most of them, I go, huh, that's fun, but probably not for me. And then there are some that I listen to and go, oh, that's cool, but I could never play that faction. And then third, and by far most dangerous, oh no, I have to play the faction. Yeah, I mean, and I also think a lot of it goes off of our different uh, styles, right? Or like genre like macro genres in a way mm-hmm. i generally like playing bad people i've talked about it on the show before i like playing bastards or like the antagonist in a lot of instances and joe you're kind of the opposite right like you kind of like mm-hmm. playing the good guys yeah generally speaking i like to play like the protagonists um and when i play antagonists they have to be antagonists that like make sense and motivation which yeah. is why i can't play chaos armies um like, I just lore wise, I cannot internally align with a faction whose goal is just like destruction and wanton suffering for the entirety of everything. Um, it's like, like turbo nihilism. I hate nihilism. Yeah, me too, but in a way that I want to play it and watch everybody kill it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I push past into absurdism. Welcome to the orcs. That's my antagonist faction. Like, <laughs> we have gone beyond. But yeah, I think there's something to that. Like, if it internally aligns with, like, your preferences and schema, you will be grabbed. And I think this is an example of it, because John got grabbed by the bastards that are, you know, trying to lead a revolution, which, you know, in many cases, probably Ooh. entirely justified, but also are bringing down Tyranids to kill everything. So, you know... Uh, on a uh, slight tangent about that, one of, one of the things I find fascinating about Gene Sealer Cult is that there are so many ways to write your own narrative for it, right? The The overall thing is, Gene Sither falls on the ground, it comes up on the planet, makes a cult, cult does cult stuff, Tyranids eventually come. But how they get there, what happens along that path, is all completely up in the air. Some of these cults mm-hmm. don't even know the Tyranids are actually what they're worshipping. Like, it is fascinating and i find that interesting in a faction too is how many how much of my own story can i write and tell with this right mm-hmm. uh 
And I find that in 40K, as an example, a lot of the factions already have a story written for them. So it makes it really easy to fall into, like Night Lords or you know, Imperial Fists or Blood Angels or World Eaters. But the Xenos factions tend to be a little bit more open. Yeah. And I find that just incredibly good. Yeah, I find that with orcs also, that like the, the sky is the limit for what your motivations are. <laughs> As long as somewhere in there you're crumping something, uh, you're good. You're golden. It can be canon. And uh, that definitely could appeal and could grab someone along in interest. Um, but yeah, I think like there are also other ways to get grabbed. You know, if you watch battle reports a lot, I could see, and you're a more mechanically minded person, I could see like an army's particular mechanics grabbing you real good. Uh, if you're a painter, models could get you bad, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially if you're like a competitive painter and there's just a beautiful range of sculpts. I, I could see that grabbing somebody really well and kind of like luring their eyes to it. Um, there are a lot of ways to get there, but I think the most important thing for like you out there as listeners is to just recognize what normally does it for you uh, so you can find it or at least key in on it uh, when it does start to sort of bubble up. Because that siren song's going to come up eventually. Uh, and if you can recognize it, you, you, know, you can then make a decision on whether or not to follow it. Because, I mean, that is sort of a big question, right, John? Like, when you feel the interest pop up, do you turn your head and, you know, go along? Yeah, and I think a lot of people end up having this choice of between, well, I already have a project I'm working on, because we're all hobbyists, we all have projects on our table at all times. Uh, do I follow it? Like, do I, need, do I finish this project before going forward? And it means you got to ask yourself some questions. Like, can I reasonably start this project without feeling bad about it? Will it add a positive motivation to my overall artistry or hobby mm -hmm. or is this just a a fancy that i'm going to get rid of in two weeks right mm -hmm. uh, and so like for me what i do to test that is i'll normally like now that i have a printer i'll print something similar to it i will take the time to print it and then i'll like prime it and then i'll paint it and then i'll look at it and then i'll read a bunch of the stuff on the internet about it and like the books about the faction and then I'll sit on it for like a week. I just will not print or buy or anything like that for that faction for a week. And if I still go, man, I really want that thing. Like after I've been stopped engaging with it actively, I know I know it's time. I gotta I gotta pull the trigger and just dive in. Yeah, I think testing yourself could be very helpful. <laughs> yes. Uh, otherwise, you might throw money at something that just you know it's fleeting. It's infatuation rather than love yeah and i've done that so many times like i have i have yeah, yeah. played almost every faction 40k because of that some of them i spent a lot of money on to get into and play for two months and then went you know i actually think this sucks and i only really liked these three rules in this codex and then the codex changed and i went oh i don't actually like this yeah yeah i would i don't for me i would test it however it works uh, for y'all out there, um, for me, normally I will read through the fluff in the codex and see if that stirs anything. And if it does, I'll then go to the model section and see if that stirs. 
because I'm also a bit of a model snob. And if the models aren't good throughout the range, uh, I, I will probably just turn off from the faction despite my interest and then I move on. But if those are good, I then move on to trying to paint something, a, like a small something, maybe one squad of foot troops or like a hero or something. You know what I mean? Um, with a small, small investment where, you know, if I don't like it, I'll put it down. And now if at that point I am still super, super interested or in the best case, I am only more interested by having painted something. And then I know it's, it's an interest that's going to stick. Um, and that's what happened with custodies. Like that was the exact stepwise function that I went through for custodies. Uh, I like, I painted, a. I was, I tried to paint these custodies a couple of times before once when I was brand new to the hobby. And then I tried a different paint scheme and didn't really like it. Uh, so I thought I'd repaint them a third time. And this time I landed on something that I really liked. So, um, I just decided to run with it and then I blinked and I did a thousand points of painting, which Whoops. never happens. Painting is something I have to like work at and this happened effortlessly. Um, and that's when I, I knew it was a, an interest that would stay. And I mean, it, it's also important to, to recognize what type of interest it is, right? Like for, for me, I have like two really different types of interests when it comes to armies. It's either something that I want to collect and just have on the shelf and occasionally take off and play. And it's a slow burn project. I slowly work on beasts of chaos have been that, been that way for me for a while. And a guard is becoming that way too, right? Where like I have the stuff, I'll print stuff. And I'll be like, that's neat. I like it. And I'll paint it. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I like looking at that. And I'll pull up play every once in a while. Then I have other ones in which I will fixate on build, paint, play a shitload of for three months, put it on the, on the uh, shelf. And then three months from the point that I put it on the shelf, I either go, I want to sell that to somebody or I go, or give it to somebody or I go, I'm going to take that off and play another game with it. And mm -hmm. that's how I test things too, right? Yeah. I think the thing that's important to illustrate here is different people have different ways to kind of like confirm the interest. Yeah. Like, there are as many ways to do this as there are people in the hobby. Um, so like the big recommendation we can give here is figure out how you do it. Because you probably already have a system for this, even if you don't realize it. It's in there. So root around until you find what the steps are. Uh, and I would always recommend walking through your process when you have a new interest or a new fancy. And then if you get through your testing phase, it, you know, if you run through whatever your process is and you're still like, man, I just, I love these funky faction or like these models or whatever then I would almost always tell you to follow the interest rather than whatever your current project is. Like, just almost always. Uh, yeah. Because, like, this is a hobby at the end of the day, right? Like, the whole point is to get as much joy and fun out of it as we can with these little plastic war Barbies and have as much fun as you can wrench out of... Like two hours a night. And even if you could only play it a few times a year. Like you're just, you're trying to get a little reprieve. And if this interest is what will give you most of that, 
I'd say follow it. Like, and I think there's something to be said about like having that interest sparks a a level of interest and engagement with the hobby that allows you to try out new techniques or maybe mm-hmm. get new paints or do these new things that when you go back to your old projects that you were working on, you now have a bigger and better toolbox to tackle that project with. Like I, I have had it happen to me so many times where I will start a project and be like, yeah, I can do this. And then I realize that I'm kind of missing a few techniques to really be able to do this in a, in a way that I like. And then I'll be like, oh, and I'll put it off and I'll start another project like a kill team or something and i'll try out those techniques on a smaller scale and go oh wow this is a lot easier than i thought it was and then i'll transfer it to the the bigger project mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's a great way to build your toolbox fairly quickly yeah and it's a it it, it shows a lot of uh growth right uh, yeah i love watching vince Ventrilla's videos on like watching him grow through painting different things throughout the the hobby and just most of its content. It's choice. If you haven't gone there, go watch it. It's great. But it really shows like the actual feeling of the hobby, right? Like the hobby is not, I got a model and I'm immediately an expert at painting this and look how great I am. I'm sure there's some people out there that are that way. I'm definitely not that way. Same over here. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And so like I've improved painting over the 10 years of engaged with this hobby by finding, uh, oh, I really like this faction I read a book about. I'm going to paint a model. I really like this faction that I was playing a game with. I'm going to buy a model to play in my next game and paint it and then try new things as it goes. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't just allow myself to kind of pursue those new interests. If I just stayed on the same thing that I started with, boy, howdy, I'd be playing Guardsmen and Necrons, and that's it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even play Fantasy. Like... (laughs) Oh, you'd be missing out. Yeah, I mean, when you have the chance to get childlike wonder back for just a little bit, uh, I would advise you not to pass it up. Like, just probably shouldn't. Um, it's It happens rarely, and if you could find one that sticks, God, it's going to make your next, like, two months of hobbying incredible. And not only just for you, like, if you have this sort of excitement and you have truly, like, found Excalibur and you are working through your faction and you are super excited about them and, like, you're just itching to get them on the table, it is contagious. Absolutely. That level of excitement is entirely contagious. Yes. Um, and almost all of us are in a playgroup of some type. If you are that excited in the playgroup, you might get other people excited about their own stuff. And now that's the golden goose. Like now you're not only making your time more fun, you are making their time more fun. Yeah. I'll Uh, use uh, Seth as an example, right? Like our editor. Uh, We have all that new Eldar stuff coming out, right? And so he mm -hmm. has just been super excited for months about it. Like he's just like, I'm getting all the Eldar stuff. It's going to be great. I'm going to play so much Eldar. It's going to be phenomenal. And at first I was like, yeah, it's cool. I'm glad Eldar's getting some stuff. But I'm like not really vibing with 40K right now. And then as time went on, I was like, oh no, I'm vibing with 40K right now. And then Gene Steelers came out, and I was like, oh, no, I'm vibing with 40K right now. And the <laughs> joke goes, I'm going to play Custodes. And I'm over here going, like Vince McMahon, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I'm making a call. Um, <laughs> uh, that meme is going to be created by Tanner in, like, 0.2 seconds. Yeah. Oh, God. It's... we Have you shared the Custodes Gene Steeler cult memes? 
Uh, I need to share more of them. They're so good. So good. That, that, that was part of the excitement being contagious. Yeah. Is the, is the memes. Like we have a little group that we all send memes at each other and just in a weird way, vibe check each other's interests and all these different like armies and factions and stuff. And it's great. Uh, but yeah, like the excitement becomes infectious. We all want to start playing games and it, it ends up leading to us taking the effort to actually like plan and schedule events, right? Like mm-hmm. it builds up the excitement to be like, okay, I'm going to take the time out of our busy adult lives to set up some time to play these toy soldiers, which like we all want to do in theory, but sometimes you get like a thousand different things going on in life and you're like, oh, but then like, I have to get, like food and like driving and like, and then all of that gets thrown out the window when you're like, dirt bikes, go-karts. And Joe's up here going, space cops. <laughs> That's it? Space cops? <laughs> Listen, the custodians are nothing but the space cop janitors of the galaxy. Uh, I heavily disagree and I will crush your little cult. For your insolence. Listen, have you seen the movie The Warriors and or the movie Mad Max? Because you best be ready. (laughs) I do not think this is going to end well for you, but let's tussle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just so nice. It's so nice. Especially like for us, our gaming group is spread out everywhere between like Lexington, Kentucky and further south, a little further south than that. All the way up to Cleveland, Ohio. Like, yeah, getting everyone together takes effort. A yeah, whole the, lot of the, effort. The KFW corridor is quite a large tract of land. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when you have people having to come, like, come from Columbus and Cleveland and down in central Kentucky, and, like, we all meet up normally somewhere in Cincinnati, like, it takes a lot of effort to organize that. And... This excitement makes that effort much easier to do because everyone's just chomping at the bit. So like when we have to make like an hour and a half, sometimes four and a half hour drive, people are just like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Like I'm, I'm ready if this is what it takes to play these toys. And like for me, it transcends the fucking hobby and I start making like playlists of songs to go with these assholes <laughs> and I listen to him on the way to play these games. Like, ah, uh, yes, I'm going to go play against Joe's Custodies for a, a Saturday. I'm going to leave on a Friday night, and I'm going to listen to 16 tons for an hour and a half while I drive I to his knew house. It. I knew you were going to say 16 tons. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's amazing. Uh, and it, it makes it this very exciting, like, treat, right? Like, to have... It's, it's kind of like... Uh, when your parents used to go, hey, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese, and that car ride to Chuck E. Cheese feels so fucking long, but it's mm-hmm. also so goddamn exciting. Like you're vibrating in your seat as you roll up to this place with cardboard pizza and a, and a, a robot mouse, and you're like, I play skee ball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, it is r- around here. The best uh, equivalents I could give you is that there was a place, John, called Johnny's Toys. All right. And it was a big toy store that was just a land of whimsy and enchantment. And inside this toy store was a castle that they had built with, like, beautiful colors all over it. Huh? It's not a large castle. (laughs) I mean, it was huge if you were five. It was made by Dorn, but continue. (laughs) And it was wonderful. It had all this art on it. 
and inside the castle was the coolest of treasures. And once a year, you would get a key sent to your house on your birthday, where you got a key to the castle. And you could go to Johnny's Toys and open the big door and go inside the Enchanted Castle to pick out a toy for your birthday. And, like, you never got the key and went to Johnny's Toys that day. You always had to wait. And uh, that wait was, like, the most high-inducing thing as a kid. Uh, and this is just that on a longer scale because I have to wait months. But it only makes it more fun when I get there. Yeah. It's, it is the fact that us a bunch of 30-year-old men quickly just go, Ah, uh, I am seven again. <laughs> <laughs> I am, like, these dumb plastic warp arbies turned me into a seven-year-old getting super hyped about Mountain Dew and pizza so I go play with my buds. We're going to play Halo 2. For <laughs> <laughs> Split screen. Hardcore. No breaks. No sleep. All yeah. the way through. Like us, adults who were in bed way earlier than we used to be are staying up till five in the fucking morning playing with Plastic Army Men, waking up three hours later the next day to start figuring out how to get home going, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally, I like, even on the weekends, I'm normally, like, hopping off, like, Discord or whatever around 1, 1.30, uh, somehow though, we play Warhammer until 4.30 or 5 consistently. It's to the point where we're like slap happy at the end of it. And we like, me and Joe were just making the dumbest jokes at, other, at each other. And like, we will remember it the next day and be like, that wasn't that funny. But at the time we're fucking dying. We're like, it's like that <laughs> wheezing meme. <We're> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are no rules discussions. It's all grunts. It's like the nerdiest episode of Tool Time that you've ever seen. <laughs> it's it's a delightful feeling uh and that excitement god i wish i could like bottle it and have it every day well the, um, the, and the point that like i'm trying to get to with with all of this super long drawn out explanation is that we're following our interests john yes uh <laughs> is that we got we wouldn't get to those points if we didn't just go huh this thing i really like i'm getting really into i should just follow that yeah like uh, it's I think it will give you these sort of moments that you will remember forever. Yeah. And like, it's worth the month or two of working on it for two hours a night, a couple nights a week to get something done so that it, you can go have a weekend of fun with your buds that you're going to talk about. Remember like six months later, a year later, two years later, or talk about on a podcast with your, you know, your best bud and be like, ha 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 ha. We had a great time at this dumb Dumb thing where we drank monster energy drinks and ate shitty pizza. And it was ambrosia of the gods. But, I mean, okay, so let's say we've maybe made the pitch that you are going to chase the dragon. Okay? You're, you're going to try to go on this goose chase and get this thing done. What advice do can we give you to do that? Like, I think this is how I want to wrap it up. I want to give some, like, practical advice as someone who has done this before so that you will be successful in, you know, in finding your golden goose. So I think first thing that you're going to want to do, if you've decided that you're going to follow this feeling of ska music and cheese sticks, 
is you've got to figure out like what your actual project is going to be like your scope like oh if you're like for me with custodies i told myself i was going to work towards 1000 points like that was the scope of what i was going to work towards with my excitement you're so lying, it gave me continue. a goal to reach for that was tangible and if you don't set that you might aim a little too high to be achievable which i think we've all done before yeah uh and i think it's also like it's okay to look at when you set these goals that this is step one, then I'm going to reassess how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't create the end goal when you start this. You go, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to set the next step. And I'm just going to focus on getting to that step and enjoy that time. And if you get to that step and you can decide you want to stop, then you just stop, right? Mm-hmm. But by making that first step smaller and not larger, you don't accidentally spend a bunch of money you don't mean to. Uh, you might... You prevent burning out on the interest. Yep. Lots of different things. Because uh, I, I have been that person who went... The first time I, I actually started Gene Sealer Cult. Because this is not, not my first foray into the cult. The first time I started Gene Sealer Cult. I got my tax return. And I was like... In my early 20s. And I went... Boy howdy. I'm going to spend $400 on the Gene Sealer Cult army. Bought it all. Bought oh. the whole thing. And then went... Built about half of it, painted about a quarter of what I built, and then I went, <laughs> yo, I don't like this. <laughs> the avarice, <laughs> the unmitigated gall. And was so upset with myself, I didn't look back at the faction until now. Now, I've I've got a different approach, and I'm a different person now than I was then. And so I'm mm-hmm. approaching it differently and playing differently, and a, and a bunch of stuff dropped that is different from what I originally wanted to play. And... It's better, and I'm keeping myself manageable through this, right? Like, I've, I'm not buying an entire 2,000-point force and trying to build it and paint, and paint it in, like, a month and getting overwhelmed. I'm, like, starting with a squad of dudes, a character, and, like, a couple of go-karts and bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have an achievable uh, goal that if you get there and it's all still going well, you can push on. Or you can put a little bookmark in it for now and circle back later. But you'll get the feeling of accomplishment regardless, which is just great. I think it's important to remember that, like, not all of these have to be army projects, too, right? Like, you could... Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, like, you could print a, a unit of, say, custodies, right? Uh, like, Shadowkeeper's custodies. And you could print it, paint it, and you could be like, man, I don't want to pr- paint the rest of this force. Like, I just want to paint these dudes and be done with it. You turn it into a kill team. Or... You can take it and you can turn it into a little diorama that maybe they're guarding like a, a entity that they have captured and are bringing back to the vaults. And so you print out some sort of like weird amalgamation monster that you then paint up and turn into a, like a little diorama piece that you can put on your desk or your shelf. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it opens up a lot of options is to just follow, follow it and then see where you go with it and let it happen naturally. Yeah. You'll end up somewhere, but wherever you end up is going to be cool. So I wouldn't be too strict on it, but just give yourself something to shoot for. Yeah. And like, then also, I think you want to think about timeline there. Um, because I'm just going to get into that. Like, it, it's good to set yourself like weekly goals and not like just go wherever <laughs> for however long. Uh, I mean, if that works for you, have at it. But I think for most people that that could be hard. Uh, so, set, like, consider your timeline and what you're trying to accomplish, whatever your goal is. And 
can you get it done in that timeline? And also, like, make sure this is, like, when you're looking at your timeline, it's also a great time to just do a quick check that you wouldn't, that you're not, like, neglecting other responsibilities that you have. Uh, you know, whatever that is. There's, like, a million possible responsibilities of the world. You know, family stuff, work stuff, other commitments you got going. Uh, you know, it, sometimes when you are following, uh, like, a hobby high and you're trying to, like, find the enjoyment, it, you might stay on it a little to your detriment. So this is, like, when you're reviewing your timeline forward, it's a great time to just double check that there's no conflicts of that nature. Yeah, if you're, if you're like five days deep into a hobby binge and all you've been eating is like Papa John's pizza you have delivered to the house and you haven't been to the grocery store and you're running out of food and your partner's going, hey, we're out of food. Maybe take a break and go to the grocery store. Just possibly. Just probably good. I'm not, but, I'm not saying that out of uh, personal experience or anything. Like, um... <laughs> Damn it, John. You garbage person. <laughs> Who let me get this far? <laughs> I don't know. You're just three fucking raccoons in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you how to type? It, so many hands. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, you should not eat Papa John's pizza for five days to your partner's detriment. Hey, uh, listen, you, know. you don't buy it every day. You just get the two for six, and you keep the other one in the fridge, and then you heat it back up in the oven, and then you, you got <laughs> meals for two days for $12, and you go on to the next one. Uh, <sighs> uh, life yes. hacks. Food hacks. Welcome <laughs> welcome to our new channel, How to Survive College. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we... I could do a podcast on how to live poor. Many tricks. Many tricks. Uh, a fresh new episode dropping next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, just do a little a little reality check with yourself because like following the fun is good, but this is just your hobby, and if you've got real life stuff going on that you need to do, well then you know, do that, and this and will let you schedule around it so you can hopefully just do both. And on the flip side, like, if you're dealing with a lot of real-life shit, right? A ton of, like, big stuff going on, and you gotta really, like, hammer it in. Uh, be honest with yourself that maybe you don't need to paint um, models on that little bit of free time you have, and to, like, maybe play something more decompressing. But also, if you find yourself not enjoying, like, playing video games or decompressing that way... Maybe try painting a little bit when you've got a lot of stuff going on, when you have a little bit of free time, and see if it helps you refocus in your outside of hobby life. Because that often helps me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you just need to have a moment to sort of like pull out the emotional compass and reorient yourself. Um, and then once you do that, you can get your bearings and uh, keep on going. Otherwise, you're, you're just going to get caught up in it. And nobody wants that. But I think if you're able to do that... Like, if you do those things, you'll be so much more likely to get to the, like, the turbo fun outcome of your, like, of following the interest and doing whatever it is that you're just yearning to do. Because um, really, like, that's what we want. We want you guys to not just have these crazy hobby interests and to follow them, but to actually get to find them. Like, to catch the dragon, to find the goose. Um, 
and get the fun. And a little bit of uh, structure can help you get there. And for us, you know, we've been talking about like podcast episode ideas and what's going on and like what we should maybe be talking about. And there's some topical stuff that's knocked around in our conversations that we could try to bring up. And like, yeah, I guess we could do those things. But to be honest, y'all, I just want to talk about some golden boys right now. Like, I, I just want to talk about golden boys. And uh, John, would I be correct in assuming that you just want to talk about Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah, I want, I want all of our listeners to witness me as I huff chrome paint and paint dirt bikes. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I don't know if how that's going to be for an audio format, but I'm here with you, man. I support you. I mean, this is going to be a thing I keep working on in between feverishly waiting for Total Warhammer 3. Yeah, yeah. So, painting in between load screens. Come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because of our interest, like, instead of doing the topical stuff, over the next two episodes, we're just going to talk about those two forces that we've been having so much fun painting up and learning about. Because, I mean, this is a podcast where, from everything we've gotten from you guys at Feedback, you really just want to hear what we're excited about and have us help you learn some stuff while you do whatever you're currently doing. You might be at work, trying to get through the day. You might be at your hobby table, trying to do some uh, building or painting or uh, printing yourselves. Uh, but wherever you all are out there, you just kind of want some people to talk to. So... For us, instead of chasing the the sort of popular topics, we're just going to tell you about why we enjoy these factions so much. We're going to talk a lot about the fluff of them and sort of the, the concepts of why we think they're cool. And we'll also touch a little bit on the rules, as we've done before, because people seem to like that. To having just a little bit of crunch, not too much. Yeah, uh, a little bit of crunch is like a tex texture element in this dish. Yeah, yeah, without being episode. overwhelming and like cutting your cheeks or... You know, making your tongue sore. Yeah, we're not a bag of Doritos. Like no, 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 no. A little bit of crunch, and like a, that's going like to be the next two episodes. Uh, we can't, you know, talk about following your interests and then not follow our own interests on the podcast. So we're going to try yeah. to be a little more upfront about it. And I'm real excited to talk about them because God, do I have thoughts? Uh, yeah, this, and a, this lore book it gave me some revelations that I did not really consider before. Yeah, and if you all, as listeners, want something specifically explained to you about these factions, or you want to know more, or you want our takes on anything, or really you're just you you've been searching the internet for other people who've talked about this this thing you want to know about, uh, shoot us a message, and we'll see if we can include it on the episode for Genes of the Colts or Custodies, whichever one, and just just hammer in. What do you want? What do you want to hear from us about these factions? If you don't yep. give us direction, we'll just yammer on for like an hour or so. Oh yeah, we will. I mean, that's fine. We'll scatter shot. But it, <laughs> if you have a key target, you should probably call in the coordinates. Um, I mean, I'll just talk about dirt bikes for like two hours. I don't care. But like, if you John, want to hear about what's your favorite model of dirt bike? What you like a Honda man? Kawasaki. Uh, I just like the nebulous, like the Royal dirt bike. <laughs> I see a dirt bike and a little part of my brain goes, <laughs> doesn't matter what kind. Wait. Okay. Okay. I'll, <laughs> suss, I'll suss that out, I guess. <laughs> God. 
I was about I was ready to have a conversation about real dirt bikes, and John was just like, <laughs> "Nope." Yeah, you can. <laughs> My brain's a terrifying, random place that I don't know how you deal with me, Joseph. Ah. Uh, carefully, carefully. But yeah, send it in, and uh, if if you're really excited about these episodes, maybe leave us a rating or like the podcast. That helps a lot. Uh, and if you're also wanting to like share some excitement with your friends and your friend group, maybe share this episode to them. If they also enjoy nebulous royal dirt bikes said yeah. by uh, three raccoons in a trench coat. And, but don't you worry. In the meantime, we'll be doing show notes uh, for these crazy episodes. Crazy, excited episodes. And that's been all of our thoughts. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all in the next episode. Yow!